0: fill every empty place fill every empty place come on we welcome your presence are we live Steve? we just welcome those who are joining us online right now we're just having a rich time in the presence of God where the Lord's been reminding us that he anoints us for our tomorrows just before we dig into the word tonight just take a moment in your home in your workplace wherever you're watching to join with us that are in the Empower Centre you know, I shared a story just now that 12 months ago, to the night, we were in this room. It was the last meeting that we had before lockdown came into being on the following Tuesday. And in that meeting, I remember clearly the Lord showing me an oil in a horn being poured upon my life. And I felt the Lord say, Andy, I'm anointing you for what's coming next, for the next season. We were sharing tonight. We didn't know what the season of the last 12 months would look like. But one thing I know, the anointing that God gave me 12 months ago didn't carry me through. It caused me to lead with diligence. And tonight we believe that God's releasing a fresh anointing for every person, for whatever lays ahead of them. Maybe there's big decisions ahead of you. Maybe there's courageous choices ahead of you. Maybe there's things that you've got to get freedom in that lay ahead of you. Listen, the Lord is in front of you tonight. He's not just behind you and alongside you and within you, but he's in front of you. He's gone before you. The Lord is the Lord of victory. He's the breaker. In the book of Micah, it says he's the breaker who goes before us. He's that large bit of metal on the front of a steam train that breaks open every barrier before the train arrives. He's that mighty breaker that goes before us. Right now, as you're at home, join us. Let the Holy Ghost touch you afresh tonight. Let the power of the Holy Spirit just minister to you tonight. Oh, we worship you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you that you fill us with your Holy Spirit. And your Spirit, Lord, it spills over our life. You cause us to overflow we're laying down every fear we're laying down hopelessness we're laying down skepticism, we're laying down everything God to pick you up to know your anointing upon us Father I thank you for your rich presence tonight but in your presence is fullness of joy and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore Thank you that there's nowhere that we can hide from your presence. If we go to the very depths, you're there. If we ascend to the very heights, you're there also. There's no place that your presence is not. But Lord, as we acknowledge the rising of the sun on a new day, and the light that comes from the rising of that sun so now we acknowledge the light that never goes dim the light that never sets that your presence you are the risen sun that shines and your light sets us free oh we bathe in the light of your love today oh we give you praise king of kings for all you've done for all you're doing and for all that lays ahead We give you thanks. Amen. Amen. Hey, the Lord bless you. You can grab your chairs tonight. It's so good to see each and every one of you that's come out. That was a rich time of worship, hey? The Lord just giving fresh anointing for those who need fresh anointing. And we want to welcome everyone that's watching from home on this special Mother's Day. And again just a happy mother's day to all the mums who are watching we're on this series called the believers toolbox where we're speaking about the gifts of the holy spirit this is week two i'm following on tonight from pastor stewart's opening session last week where he took a moment to look at how our lives are now the Holy Spirit toolbox. You know, every every set of tools needs a toolbox, right? Um, if you have tools floating around the house, you suddenly realise I need a toolbox. I need to keep my tools in one place. And Pastor Stuart was sharing so well last week, but um, can, you, can you smile at me with your eyes? Is that right? Can everybody just... Just, that's it, just I don't know how that. Just, just give me a big grin with your eyes. I don't know what's going on underneath your mask, you see. but that's it. That's it. People are grinning through their eyes. That's amazing. See that's a new skill we learned in lockdown: the ability to smile from our eyes. All right? Some people aren't smiling, but most are. All right. Now, Pastor Stewart was saying about our lives now being the toolbox of God. Now, we're going to speak of the tools of the spirit, or the gifts of the spirit, but we need to understand that the Lord has made our lives now the place where he keeps his tools because our place, our life is now the place that he resides, a place he calls home. Now, Pastor Stuart shared last week about how we're saved by his grace, and that word is charis, which means grace. We're saved by his grace. We're saved, but also we're his workmanship and also called to be his workmen and his workwomen in this world. He's got stuff for us to do, but he's also equipping us with what we need to do it. Now everyone um, must needs to know the function and the purpose that they have in his body. This is all stuff that I'm recapping on from last week. And that was the purpose of a lot of what Paul wrote in the book of Corinthians when you read through the book of Corinthians especially Corinthians chapter 1 of uh, 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 the first Corinthians chapter 10 11 12 you see Paul bringing order and teaching people their part in the body you see Paul saying you know the church is a body it's made up of many parts and Paul takes a lot of time throughout the book of Corinthians to help people understand their part in the body but also how the lord has provided everything to the body in different people that the body could ever need That's one of the things that makes the Book of Corinthians unique among the other epistles. Now we wanna carry on tonight, stepping off of a platform that Stuart shared last week and looking at the tools or the gifts that he makes available to us. Now I'm not gonna begin to go through the toolbox and bring out the gifts and introduce them. That's gonna happen next week. The next four weeks are gonna introduce you to the individual tools that Paul teaches are available a to believer tonight i want to look at the bigger picture of okay we're the toolbox of god now um, what can we expect from these gifts that the lord gives us now i'm going to be looking at two key passages of scripture i'm going to be looking if you've got your bibles at first corinthians 12 verses 1 to 11. And then I'm also going to be looking at Ephesians. So if you open your Bible to 1 Corinthians 12, verses 1 to 11, but also put a finger or a thumb or something in Ephesians 4, verses 7 to 13. These are the two key verses that I'm going to be teaching from tonight. Uh, when we look at the gifts of the Spirit in operation in our life. So 1 Corinthians 12, verses 1 to 11, and then Ephesians 4, verses 7 to 13. Now, I'm going to read from 1 Corinthians 12, and I'm going to start reading in verse 1. But the key section that we want to dissect tonight is verses 4 to 7. But we're going to include the whole um, line of Scripture so that it's in context. Now, it says in verse 1, Now, about the gifts of the Spirit... (coughs) Brothers and sisters, I don't want you to be uninformed or ignorant. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray to mute idols, idols that can't speak back. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus, be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. Now, then in verse 4, it says, There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them to all. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them, and in every one, it is the same God at work. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Then it goes into introducing the gifts, which I'll read through these verses, and I think we'll be reading through these most of the coming weeks. To one there is given through the through the spirit a message of wisdom to another the message of knowledge by means of the same spirit to another faith by the same spirit to another gifts of healing by that one spirit to another miraculous powers to another prophecy to another distinguishing between spirits to another speaking in different kinds of tongues and to still another the interpretation of those tongues all these are the work of one and the same Spirit, the Holy Spirit. And he distributes them to each one, just as he determines. This is a wonderful passage of scripture that introduces us, not just to the Holy Spirit again, but also to the gifts that the Holy Spirit brings to the life of a believer, um, and brings to the church, for the benefit of the church now there's different kinds of gifts and Stuart shared last week on the word charis which means grace when we looked at the when we look at the gifts of the spirit the word that's used there is the word similar to charis charisma we know when somebody has great charisma well the word charisma means gifts of divine grace so Charis is grace. Charisma are different gifts of grace. Gifts that God gives, divine gifts that God gives for the benefit of the church and for the benefit of humanity. Now, we'll dig into these different gifts and the three categories of these gifts over the next four weeks. Now, I want you to pick up on a couple of things that Paul's teaching here. Number one, that though different, all of these gifts come from one spirit, his spirit. All of them are about one God at work providing for his people everything that they need. So we don't get a gift of tongues from one spirit or a gift of um, interpretation from another spirit. This is all about the Holy Spirit, the one spirit, the spirit of God and what he provides in different divine graces or giftings. To god's people so that they can be effective workmen now we would be great workmen if god sent us out but if we were sent out with the right tools we would be effective workmen right so god doesn't just want us to go he wants us to go and be effective so he provides different gifts that we can use not just in the church but in our daily lives that we can get familiar with these gifts that the Lord provides so that we can have an effectiveness, a supernatural effectiveness in what we do. Now, another point that jumps out of that middle section of Scripture there for me is, though all different, they come from the same Spirit, but they're for the common good. Another translation says they're for the profit of all. So the gifts of the Spirit are given for the common good. So they're not given for one person. They're not given so that one person can benefit. The Bible says that, that God gives, the Holy Spirit gives his gifts to the church, to different people in the church at different times for the benefit of all. So it's not about us sitting in our living room going, I'm gonna use the gifts of the Spirit on me. God wants us to know the gifts of the Spirit so that we can benefit each other and also a lost and dying world. Now, I love it that it says, if you read on towards the end of that passage in verse 11, it says that he distributes as he determines and wills. It doesn't say that he distributes according to our demand. Right? A person can sit there and stamp their feet all they like. I want this gift, Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit isn't threatened by us, he isn't manipulated by us, and he certainly isn't put under pressure by us. But we don't need to demand, we need to have a purpose in our heart that we want to use these gifts for the benefit of others. And then the Bible says, He distributes His gifts to everyone for the common good. All present, so they don't come by us demanding the Bible teaches that He, the Holy Spirit, decides what gifts are going to be used by what people and when. Now, I love it, but it also says if you read to the end of that chapter in verse 31, that Paul also encourages us that all of us, not just church leaders, every believer should earnestly desire the great spiritual gifts or the greatest spiritual gifts it says it's an encouragement hey if you're a believer you should be earnestly desiring not just the holy spirit but the gifts that the holy spirit wants to make available for you to use for the benefit of others every one of us now also if we look in first corinthians and we go on a chapter first corinthians you don't have to turn here let me refer to this first corinthians 14 verse 1 which is just a couple of pages onwards we see again that paul says number one follow the way of love but number two eagerly desire the gifts of the spirit especially prophecy So Paul isn't saying this, and the gifts of the Spirit are for some people in the church, they're for the church elders, they're only for... No, 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 Paul's going, no, the gifts of the Spirit are for everyone, and you need to earnestly or eagerly desire them, so that you can use them, not for your own benefit, but for the benefit of all. And above all the other gifts, Paul says, I encourage you to earnestly seek the prophetic gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, when it came to speaking in tongues, Paul was boastful, but he was true in what he said. He said, when it comes to tongues, I speak in tongues more than all of you. That's quite a big statement, isn't it? You know, I don't know if he'd watched everyone else that was speaking in tongues, but there was a confidence within him that he said, oh, when it comes to speaking in tongues, I speak in tongues more than all of you. Which meant he must have been pretty full on with it, right? But he said, the one that you should earnestly desire the most is one of the nine gifts which is prophecy that gives us the ability to foresee things that are happening for our lives but also for other people now we want to reset some old pentecostal mindsets when it comes to the gifts of the spirit um, now, I grew up in a Pentecostal church from the age of 9 to 16, came back to a Pentecostal church at the age of 24. And in the years that I was in the church growing up, I saw certain things that I presumed were the right ways of the use of the Spirit, But I've learned since were actually very limited in their understanding. That God had a broader use for the gifts of the Spirit than just a few people using them, a select group of people using them each and every week in meetings that we had. Now, if you were ever grown up in a church, you know what I mean, there was always on a Sunday morning a moment when the same person prophesied or the same person spoke in tongues or the same person interpreted the tongues that had been speaking. Now don't get me wrong, all of those things were the gifts of the Spirit and God was using people with the gifts of the Spirit, to encourage everyone that was there. The thing that was missing for me was everyone else in the room could have done it as well. It didn't have to be a select few. But the gifts of the Spirit are made available by by the Spirit to whom He wills for the purposes that He wants to achieve. So one of the mindsets we've got to give is, here's the question, does one person have one gift? My answer is no, he makes available all the gifts to everyone as they're needed. Because otherwise it's almost like people become collectors of the gifts. Like people collect little statues in Kellogg's cornflakes that used to come. You know, it's like, have you have you got all eight gifts that the cornflake people are giving you? No, I've got four, but I've still got to get the rest. And it's almost like people try to collect the gifts of the spirit to store them in a spiritual storage cabinet. The problem is they often don't have an intention of ever using them. The gifts of the spirit aren't there to be stored and viewed, they're there to be used. And the Holy Spirit gives the gifts of Him, His gifts, to people for those gifts to be used, never to be stored. So, we can't be people that go, I've got this gift, I've got this gift, but we're not allowing those gifts to be used in our life. Rather, we should be people saying, Come on, Holy Spirit, thank you that you live in me now. Thank you that you've brought with you your toolbox. All of your gifts are now in me. Lord, I want to begin to learn to use each of these nine tools. I want to know what it's like to have a gift of faith to pray for someone. I want to know what it is to work miracles for somebody in their life. I want to know what it is to prophesy. I I want to know what it is to have discernment. I don't want to leave it to Sister Betty in the church or Brother Albert in the church. I'm glad that they know how to prophesy. I'm glad that they know how to interpret tongues. But I also want to be able to handle the tools that you make available for your body for the benefit of your body. Everybody with me? Yeah. So don't exclude yourself. Now, other people say one may use one specific gift Um, But others can't use it. And again, that's what I'm kind of removing there. No, some people are good at one specific gift, but it also means they could also be used with the other gifts. So for me, if a person just prophesies and all they do is prophesy, that's pretty good. Well done for handling the gift of prophecy. But why don't you enjoy the other eight gifts as well? But equally, we've got to encourage the church that every one of us are able to know the gifts of the Spirit and use the gifts of the Spirit for the benefit of all. God wants, I suppose my message tonight is simply, God wants to use you too. Right. God wants to use you too. Right. The other thing that sometimes, sometimes people have asked me is this, yeah, but Andy, which is the best gift? Well, to me, the best gift is the one you need for the moment you're in. Yeah. You know, sometimes like, oh no, prophecy is the best gift. Now, Paul said that above all the gifts, you should seek prophecy granted. But to me, the best gift is the one that you need for the moment you're in. Yeah. It's like if a plumber comes and he's got, a, he's got a job that needs a wrench, then a saw isn't the best gift. What he needs is to be able to reach into the, the, the workbox or his toolbox and pull out a wrench because the job that he's dealing with needs a wrench. In the same way the Holy Spirit doesn't want you isolated to being an expert expert of a saw, he wants you to know know how to use all the tools. So that if you're in a moment where a person needs a word of wisdom, you're not trying to lay hands on them for healing. And they go, I need a word of wisdom. Yeah, but no, my gift is healing, so forget the wisdom. Healed, healed, but I don't need to be healed. No, but that's the gift I've got. See, it doesn't work, does it? What that person needs for you to be able to do is to reach into the Holy Spirit in you and find the wisdom that they need for the situation. Now, they may need a healing as well. Then you can reach in and get that out of the toolbox and give them it as well. Now, all of the gifts have been made available by the Holy Spirit to everyone in the church for the benefit of all. Yeah. That's powerful, isn't it? I love that. Now, we've also got to understand that there's a difference between ministry offices and the gifts of the Spirit. This is sometimes another point that people get confused with. But the Bible speaks in Ephesians of offices of ministry. These are also termed by some as ascension gifts. So they're still gifts, but they're not necessarily the gifts that are spoken of in first corinthians when we speak of the gifts of the spirit these gifts are people that god gives the church isn't that powerful that god gives the gifts of the spirit to the church but he also gives people as a gift he places an ascension gift or a grace upon a person and again they don't select them he selects them he gives them as gifts to the church but the reason he gives them to the church as a gift is to train the people in the church with the gift that's on their life And that's what we've got to begin to get right. For too long now, the stages of the modern church have had people showing off on them with the gifts that God has given them. When actually, we'll read in a moment, the gifts that God gives, the ascension gifts, I'm not speaking of the gifts of the Spirit, I'm speaking of the ascension gifts, the offices of ministry that God gives to certain people, are on certain people to train the church to do what they've they've been anointed to do. Everybody with me? So let's just read this in Ephesians 4. It says, Ephesians 4, verse 7 to 13. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. Christ himself, it says, another translation says, and he gave these gifts to the church. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Now, listen to what their primary purpose is. Not to show off on stage. To equip his people for works of service, so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So we've got the gifts of the Spirit, that's our subject matter for the next five weeks. But we also recognize that God gives gifts in people, apostle, prophet, evangelist, teachers, pastors, and their role is to equip people. Now, one of the gifts, which is an ascension gift on my life, is an evangelist. So one of the most effective things I'm doing at the moment is Soul Winner. Because in Soul Winner, we just finished our first boot camp and I trained 260 households how to lead other people to Jesus. What I'm doing is actually working out the ministry on my life. But for us, an evangelist is somebody that stands on stage and preaches to thousands, right? Yeah, it is. But let's never forget that the gifts that are given to people are for them people to train others to do what the gift is all about. So how powerful will church be when you haven't just got a prophet, but you've got a prophet that teaches other people to prophesy? So you've got a prophet, and we'll use this one as an example for time's sake. We could use any of the five. But let's just take the prophet out for a moment. Not everyone's a prophet, but all can prophesy. The Bible says all can prophesy, but not everyone's a prophet. You see, there's an office of a prophet. That's an ascension gift. Ephesians 4, God makes some to be prophets. But the role of a prophet is to, number one, be able to prophesy. But a prophet doesn't prophesy, oh, there's going to be, um, there's going to be uh, no, co- no, no corn on the shelves next week. He prophesies national things. But all can prophesy. So one of the roles of a prophet is to teach other people how to prophesy. One of the roles of an evangelist is to teach others how to lead Christ, lead people to Christ. One of the roles of a pastor is to teach other people how to care for the people in their world. One of the roles of a teacher is to help other people to be able to share the word of God with others. Can you see that all of the gifts carry through to benefit the church. All right, now stay with me, I'm trying not to confuse anyone. You've got the offices of ministry, ascension gifts as they've been known historically. But then you've got these gifts of the Spirit that God makes available to every believer. Every believer that has the Holy Spirit in them has the gifts of the Spirit in them And can learn to use the gifts of the Spirit by the training of those who have been given in ascension gifts for the benefit of all. Now, I wish I could have more time on this. And actually, not to confuse you with gifts, God's given more gifts to the church than even that. If you read through Romans 12, you see Paul following on with what he teaches in Corinthians about how there's other gifts that have been given to the church. He says there's gifts that are gifts of serving, teaching, encouragement, giving, leadership and mercifulness. Those are gifts. He says in Romans 12, these are other gifts in the body, and if you have one of these gifts, if you have a gift of generosity, be generous. If you have a gift of merciful, be merciful. If you have a gift of leadership, lead well. That's what it says in Romans 12. So we've got the gifts that are given to the church, which could be leadership, serving, encouragement. Encouragement is a gift of the Spirit. It's a gift of God. You've got the ascension gifts of God, Ephesians 4, but over the next four weeks, we're zooming in on these nine gifts of the spirit that god gives us here's my next question are they just for church meetings well if the only thing that you're doing with god happens in church then yes is all if all you're doing with god happens in church then yes But if your walk with God is in the church and outside of a church seven days a week, 24 hours a day, then the gifts of the Spirit are available to you seven days a week, 24 hours a day. The Holy Spirit makes his gifts available to you, not when you're in the building, though they are used in the building, but also, and probably more specifically, outside of the building. So that when we're evangelizing or when we're sharing our faith. So let's look at in the building and outside the building. Let's look at outside the building first. God wants us to know that the Holy Spirit's now in us. The Holy Spirit has brought his toolbox with us. There's ascension gifts. You may be one of those. You may not be. There's other gifts in the church like generous leadership. You may have one of these. But let's just zoom in and focus right now on these nine gifts of the spirit that we've recorded, god wants you to know how to use those gifts in any given situation that you find yourself in that could benefit another person but what if they're not a christian yeah them too what if they're a mormon or a muslim yeah yeah them too there's no selection to god he's not selective there's no ism in him there's no there's no there's no isms in god at all all isms are made by man not god And God wants us, remember the gospel is a message to whosoever. Now when you see Jesus ministering to people in the gospels, he went across all the boundaries. He ministered to Samaritans, he he, he ministered to... to, he, He just didn't know a boundary when it came to blessing and helping people. In the same way, God wants us to get excited about the gifts of the spirit that are now available to us, being used not just in the church, but in our daily lives. But when you're leading someone to Jesus, you can say, come on, Holy Spirit. And again, I'm not going to describe the gifts. That's going to happen over the next few weeks. But say we we needed to have just a a word of knowledge. But you could be talking to a person and you could say, Lord, I I just need some help here to let this person see that you're real. And the Holy Spirit will will reveal to you something about them that they know you didn't know. And then you suddenly say, you know what, the Lord's given me this picture about you. Um, your daughter's name is this or your, your husband's name is this and they're going to say you never knew that and you can say well that's just God showing that this is more about him than what you thought a gift of the spirit to pray for somebody that's sick would be a gift of healing that God uses your life to bring a healing to their life a gift of miracles is when you lay hands on a person saved or unsaved and suddenly a leg that wasn't there grows again a miracle is something that goes against the creational natural God wants us to realize that He wants to do supernatural things in people's lives. And here's the best bit: He wants to partner or use us to see those things come to pass. It's like the miracle of a breaking of bread. Remember when they came the disciples came to Jesus and they said, We've got all these people, we haven't got any way of feeding them. Jesus said, What we got? They said, We've got a few loaves of bread and a few fish, right? Then what did Jesus say? Get them all to sit down. And the disciples came back and said, we've got them to sit down. He says, now you feed them. And they went, what? <laughs> he said, you feed them. And it says, and when he, when he prayed and blessed the bread, he handed it to the disciples. And as the disciples gave out the bread, so the bread and the fish multiplied. You see, God wants us to experience miracles. He wants us to see him doing incredible things through our lips. Through our hands, through our natural lives. Like we were saying this morning, the overflow of the Holy Spirit touching the lives of other people. But we understand our mortality. We understand from dust we came and to dust we will return. But also we understand that now we have treasure in this earthen vessel. We have the Holy Spirit living in us and he's brought a toolbox with him. And he's saying to us, come on, let me teach you. But I've only been saved a week. There's nothing in the Bible that says you need to be saved more than a week. They would do. In fact, I see new Christians grow quicker in spiritual things than older ones a lot of the time. Because it's about our passion come on, Lord, I want to know the gifts of the Spirit. I want to know the gifts of the Spirit. Would you teach me to use them? You know, it, 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 when you're working in the chemist there, I've got my friend Tundi there, when you're in there, you can get a word of knowledge for someone. You can get a word of wisdom for someone. You can actually say, listen, I'm a chemist, but um, you actually don't need any of these medicines. Boom, be healed. Power of God, imagine that. That would be good, wouldn't it, eh? You know, power of God coming through your life. You know, wherever you're working, God wants to use you. And he provides everything you need to get the job done. He's not like someone that owns a plumbing company that sends you to go mend a sink, but doesn't give you any tools. That wouldn't be silly and God's wise wise above any other. He doesn't send us to do something, go into all the world. What did we read this morning? Lay hands on the sick, they'll be healed. Cast out devils, where people are being interfered with by devils. He sends us to go and do things that can only be done supernaturally but he also sends us with supernatural tools to get the job done. That's the gifts of the Spirit. The ascension gifts, Ephesians 4, let's leave them parked here for this series. The other gifts like serving and giving, being merciful, being encourager, Romans 12, let's park them over here for this series. And let's zoom in the next four weeks on these nine incredible supernatural gifts that the Holy Spirit, who's now in you makes available to you to get what the Father wants done, done you know what I enjoyed about the message this morning it's funny when you're a preacher and you enjoy your own message (laughs) but you hear God coming through and you're like that's awesome Lord, yeah it is isn't it and everybody thinks you knew but you didn't and I was speaking this morning just about that divine link that in the beginning in Genesis you had the Father, you had the Word and then you had the One who made it happen That the father would say let there be his word went forth and carried his agenda The agenda was caught by the one who could do it and what was spoken was done That's exactly the same as we see when Jesus isn't in heaven, but he's on earth The word was now on earth and Jesus said I don't do anything except I see my father do it I don't do anything unless I hear my father tell me to do it. What was happening? The same relationship that Jesus had always known from the beginning of all time. He would hear the Father speak, him being the word would carry that agenda, and then he knew the Holy Spirit in him would bring what the Father had wanted to fulfillment. The good news is that grain of wheat went to the ground and didn't remain alone. A harvest of people that could do the same with him and now on the earth jesus said i go to remember what we said this morning greater things will you do i'm going to the father he said unless a grain of wheat fall to the ground and die, it remain alone now every grain of wheat bears fruit according to its own kind so if jesus walked the earth able to hear the father and by the power of the holy spirit see people set free then the harvest is able to hear the father be led by the Father, and by the power of the Spirit, see people set free. Because the seed determines the quality of the harvest. We're the harvest of the life of Jesus Christ. Come on. Doesn't that make you want to just put another face mask on the back of your head or something? I don't know. (laughs) Doesn't it? Doesn't it, though? We're the harvest of the seed of Jesus Christ. And now God says to us just do what Jesus did hear me when I nudge you and then be like the word carry my agenda and then watch for Holy Spirit who's in you that was once in my son bring the things I've said to fulfillment what does that look like for us we're walking down the road and we hear the Lord give us a nudge and we say all right Holy Spirit I'm gonna reach in and pull out this tool A word of knowledge, a gift of faith, discernment. And I'm going to use it in this situation to see what's on your heart for this this person, Father, come to pass. Now we know the intention of a father is that none would perish in the life to come, but also in this life. God is not the author of sickness. He's not the author of depression. He's not the author of any demonic activity or attack on a person. Jesus said, for this purpose, I've come to destroy the work of the enemy. That word work is Egon. It means the father's business. Jesus said, for this purpose, I'm here to destroy the work of the devil. I'm here for the father's business. We need to leave our house in the morning and say, thank you, Lord Jesus. I'm the harvest that came from your life. And I'm on the earth to do your business. And the same tools that were available in the life of Jesus are now available to me. Not to bring me glory, but to bring the Father glory through what he does now through my life. All right, let's bring this in for a landing. This is okay today. I'm preaching myself happy, so I'm going to go home really happy. Now my answer is, are the gifts of the Spirit for in church or outside of church? Like I said, I believe they're for outside of church, but also for inside of church too. But when they're used in church, there needs to be an order to how they're used. This is again where some people lose the plot a little bit. But sometimes you can have Holy Spirit meetings and suddenly people go berserk and it's a free-for-all. Yet when Paul teaches and when you read in chapters 14, 26 onward, Paul says there shouldn't be a free-for-all. He actually says this, verse 32, The spirit of the prophets are subject and under the control of the prophets, for God is not a God of disorder but a, a God of peace. Which means, you know, sometimes I've had to use that. People came up and said, you've got to let me prophesy. I can't help myself. I have to prophesy. I said, that's not biblical. The prophecy is subject to the prophet. You're able to wait there until a moment's given to you. Yeah. Do you see the rest of what Paul teaches in 1 Corinthians when you start getting into chapter 14? Number one, he says to everybody, you've got the gifts. You can use the gifts. Begin to use the gifts. Begin to discover what it's like to have the gifts of the Spirit used in your life. But also, don't forget that there's an order to what we do. You've got to understand, suddenly the church suddenly realised everybody could use the gifts of the Spirit. Everybody wanted to go. And that's why Paul begins to lay out in 1 Corinthians a structure. This is how many people we want prophesying in a meeting. This is how many people we want interpreting. It wasn't that all couldn't do it. But he said God isn't a God of disorder. So we've got to understand that even in the chaos of Pentecost, there's an order in the heart of the Father. And to me, it's like... We're never that out of control that we can't control. I've had a word on my heart sometimes. I remember I was in the ramp over in America. And boy, God dropped a prophetic word on me that was for that room. So I went up to Miss Karen during the meeting and she looked at me. I said, yeah, I've got a message. And she said, hey, wait. So I just waited. Waited about 10 minutes. She sat there. And eventually she said, brother Andy, will you come on and shit? And I walked in and said, this is what I'm hearing the Lord say for this meeting. And boom. It was the word for the moment. But I didn't have to rush the stage, throw Miss Karen off the stage and say, don't stop me, I'm a prophet. None of that junk. Everything can be done orderly because the Holy Spirit's orderly. He's the one that brought order to chaos. Yeah, he's the one that causes chaos for us to clean up. That's Pentecost. So we use the gifts of the Spirit outside of the church for the benefit of those that we're ministering to. And that takes our evangelism to another level inside the church the gifts of the spirit can be used but paul says it needs to be done in an orderly way that's decent not religious not legalistic but orderly and decent and again we, you can read on through that chapter 14 paul speaks a lot about that so there's a toolbox that god's providing to enable us to get the job done what's the job for commission he's given us Go into all the world, preach the gospel, lay hands on the sick and get them healed. Release every person. Where the devil's causing chaos in a person's life, you turn up and break that chaos. You break the authority of what the devil's doing. You cast out devils. You pray for sick people and they get healed. I'm sorry, it's in the Bible. But you wouldn't be able to do any of those things if the Holy Spirit wasn't in you and he was providing the gifts for you to do them. Good news, he's in you. And whatever he asks you to do, He gives you the equipment to do it. So we've got to begin to get excited. Lord, I want to learn how to use every tool. Lord, I want to over the next four weeks as people teach on the gifts of the Spirit understand these gifts open your heart the next few weeks to get a fresh understanding of each of the gifts we're not talking about the apostolic gifts of ephesians 4 or the romans 12 gifts of service in the church we're talking of the nine gifts zooming in on these nine specific gifts that god gives to every believer as every believer needs them so we don't store them we actually withdraw them in the moment of need we don't store them We withdraw them when they're needed. When you're in a moment where you need a word of wisdom, you reach in and there's a word of wisdom for you to draw upon, all right? That keeps us being led by the Spirit and walking with the Spirit. We want to become experienced with every tool um, so that we can bring God glory at every opportunity. And again, sometimes in churches, you always hear the same person doing an interpretation of tongues. They're not the only one that can do it. They've just learned how to do it really easily. Yeah. but what we've also got to do it's like if there's a prophet in the church he shouldn't do all the prophetic stuff he should teach others to prophesy yeah. Yeah. an evangelist shouldn't get everybody saved he should teach other people how to get people saved yeah. and a prophet should teach other people how to prophesy you know, and, and so what that looks like is, is right. for me interpreting tongues or dreams is a gift that I'm very very used to that's by reason of use I've been doing it for 30 years and so if I'm in a room and like today, if somebody uh, began to speak in tongues and it wasn't, we'll talk later on, there's tongues of personal um, empowerment and there's tongues that are spoken in church that carry a message for the church. The Bible speaks of divers tongues. There's a tongue that's your, init- your own empowerment, that's speaking in tongues, that's the language of the Holy Spirit. And then you're going to hear that there's another tongue which is used when God wants to say something through the church. And then there's an interpretation to that tongue. You're going to learn all this good stuff over the next few weeks. But now, if I'm in a meeting, and sometimes I'm in a meeting and somebody will speak in tongues or have a picture, I'll normally sit and I'll wait. I've already heard what God's saying. Because to me, it's like a balloon floating around the room. And i wait. I think, is anybody else going to grab this balloon? Let me, give, let me be polite. Let me give them a chance. But if no one grabs the balloon, i say, all right, well, I know God's speaking, so let me step forward. Hey, this is what the Lord's saying here. In that word, he was wanting to say this. And people say, how come you can do that? Because of reason of use, I've learned to tune in to what God's saying in a moment like that and bring out the gift of being able to ter- interpret. But you can do it too. So what's more beneficial in a meeting if we're raising disciples is to say, OK, let's stop, I could do this, but I'm not going to, because two or three of you are also hearing what God's saying. You're just not being brave enough to step forward and say it. So what we want to do is see the gifts of the ascension gifts, the apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, evangelist, now do better in family church at training people to use the gifts of the Spirit that are in their daily life. And that's a powerful, exciting thing, which means have a go. Have a go. You've got to begin to have a go. We need to get excited about these tools he's made available. So the next four weeks, we're going to go through the toolbox. That's going to be awesome, isn't it? We're going to look at prophecy, speaking in tongues, uh, working of miracles, healings, discernment, discerning of spirits. Um, We're going to look at them all. We're going to to say, "Oh, right, let's reach in the toolbox tonight. They're in three categories, the gifts. Next week, we're going to look at the first category, which is, is it the revelationary ones next week? Uh, Could be. Could be. Come on, you need a word of knowledge. Is it the revelationary ones next week? Come on. All right. We're going to reach in and we're going to say, what is prophecy? What is wisdom? What is knowledge? And we're going to take time not to let you know what you can expect from us. But what you should now expect from you. Because the same Holy Spirit that's in me is in you. There may be an ascension gift upon my life that may not be on yours. But we've all got the same Holy Spirit. And got the same nine gifts available to our daily lives. Why? For the benefit of others. Is that good? come on let me pray Father I thank you today for all that you're saying and all that you're doing Lord I want to thank you that you've given us your Holy Spirit without measurement I want to thank you Holy Spirit that our lives have now become the dwelling place the temple of your Holy Spirit and we thank you Holy Spirit that you've brought your toolbox with you we thank you Holy Spirit that you've brought with you every tool we need to be effective to people's lives outside of the church but also edify to people's lives within the church Lord we thank you Lord that you are here you are within us your toolbox is Lord help us Holy Spirit To be able to discover and use these tools so that our life can be a benefit from heaven into the lives of others, we pray. I bless every household. I bless every man, woman and child today. Lord, those watching on the screen right now, I say, Father, let their houses be filled with your presence. Holy Spirit, begin to rock and roll within the hearts and the spirits of each of these people. Let fire begin to burn. As we prepare to change this season now and see the church regather and the church come out strong. Father, we want to come out educated regarding the things of you, Holy Spirit. Ready for action, primed and good to go. For your glory. Amen. Amen. But Lord bless you. See